say to them, well, look, this is why your plan's so important because then you start to match people that want to help you execute your plan. Yeah. And you're not just at the whims of, um, you know, decision paralysis where you've got 10 different directions that you could go with 10 different people saying 10 different things. Going one, going twice, so you're listening to The Property Pod. All right, guys, welcome back to The Property Pod, your weekly engagement into real estate here in the Hobart Marketplace. I'm your host, Aaron Horn, and I'm joined by real estate agents here at 414 Property Co., Patrick Berry and John McGregor. Welcome back, boys. Same goes. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. You I are. Am. You're looking a bit stiff and sore, mate. I am. <laughs> you, you walked in very gingerly. Uh, your, your back was very straight. You were kind of like a board. I'm like, what's yep. going on? You're like, I've been carrying too many bags. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My back's gone. <laughs> so what's happened? You've been over to Alice Springs and you... I have been to Alice Springs. You've come back a, a changed man. Broken man. <laughs> Broken man. <laughs> Apparently carrying all the bags and the bikes and everything Takes did my back yeah. yesterday. So I'm being a, feeling it today. Being a bike manager is a little tougher than you thought. <sighs> yep, apparently. How did it go? How was the weekend? Yeah, no, it was really good. Um, Parker made finals both days on his bike, so he was pretty pumped. And yeah, it was a really good atmosphere up there. Yeah, oh, Especially because you said the, uh, Tassie, the Tassie squad was the loudest. Yeah, like there was, uh, I think there was 350 riders from memory. So there was probably about... 500 to 600 people at the venue by the time you count all of the parents well, and pretty the big crew and that, which, A, in the middle of freaking nowhere is pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, the Tassie team, we all got behind all of the other kids. There was 12, 11 of them riding and just cheering like crazy for it. It was really <laughs> good fun. Yeah, you said you were saying before off mic that um, you asked Parker, like, oh, Parker, could you hear us while you're on the track? And you're like, Mum, we could hear you all the way over by it the stoker. was embarrassing, yes, yeah. we could hear you, Mum. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, it was all a bit much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like to think that's why he made finals because we really pushed Just him hard by yelling yeah, at him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It wasn't cheering his peer pressure yeah. at this point. Yeah, and our advice is really, you know, it's going to go well. Pedal faster! Like, he doesn't know how to do that already. Yeah. It always helps. <laughs> Solid advice, if you think of it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mum. I wasn't thinking no, of that. That's what I've been doing wrong all this time. <laughs> Well, speaking of some solid advice, there was someone doling out solid advice uh, here in the Hobart area last night down at Brew Lab in uh, Derwent Park. Uh, John McGregor, you hosted a uh, investment seminar with the team at Rams. Yeah, well, I guess we did. You know, there was blew us out there because we sold out. Well, we didn't actually sell tickets; you just registered. It was free. Um, but sell out sounds better though. I, I we sold out. Sold out, baby. Yeah, yeah. I had Shut this up. really awkward bit where it was like there was two tickets left on the um, Eventbrite thing, saying like, you know, you're at almost at capacity. I'm like, do we advertise this and run the risk that when people show up, like say like, oh, there's only two tickets left, guys, like don't miss out. And then when they show up, if people don't show up, it's just like, oh man, they they lied to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that happens. That happens. Hey, like I know because I've done like coordinated from the experience we've done this before and um, involving the ROT and YBNT. Like oh, the problem is there's a huge big anxiety that comes around the ticket sales and it, it's a typical Tasmanian thing even for concerts where um, everyone likes to book at the last minute and they'll go, so let's, let's rock up. It's also the problem when you offer a free ticket. Yeah. There's yeah. no commitment to actually turn up no. on the night. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that being said, yeah. really, really impressive turnout. Um, I would say 35 to 40 people mm. at least um, yeah, showed up and showed their interest and interesting information. How did you feel it went? Uh, I, I was re- look. I was really happy with it. I mean, we um, it, it was the first time we've done it as a team, and you know, you always think if you your first one, if you can get to 90 percent, that's a pretty damn good effort. Yep. And there's always little tweaks and changes. We go, oh, you could do that a little bit better, a little bit better. Then we'll put on a couple more, and hopefully, the goal would be that you know, we if anyone ever registers for our event, it'd be like, yep, the four one four events are you know they're good, they're informative, they're you know we get in and get out, we got get what we need. And I think 
to be able to run those and get a name for that kind of um, event would be great. Because yeah, yeah. I think um, a lot of people will put these on and actually make no effort and just expect no. that it just takes care of itself. No problem. So mm. 12 months' time booking my state bank arena, John? Question, that <laughs> we'll have side acts, you know, Kiss, Kiss is performing. Um, Gene Simmons confirmed. Um, Last time I saw John perform there, he did the um, Dr. Seuss, all the places you'll go. Yeah. So <laughs> wouldn't be his first time up on stage there commanding an audience. I'd love to know what the support act to an investor seminar would be. <laughs> oh, you just wait, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's guys on stilts in the crew. Cirque du Soleil. Um, I hear, I hear is, uh, some vibes. <laughs> no, look, it was, um, yeah, a really, really fun night. It was really cool. Andrew from Rams got up and, um, and dialed out some advice. And then, yeah, while we were packing up all the tech gear, there was heaps of conversation yeah. going on and lots of people <coughs> kind of asking questions. There were some really good questions in the, in the Q&A. Mm. Um, do you want to cover off on kind of anything that was, that was mentioned in the, in the... Yeah, well, look, the, the whole... I think that yeah, the idea was is that you know um, follow the numbers, not the noise. Was I like that. Yep. Just to, for the for the investors and that, um, you know, we're, we're, there's a lot of no- noise that's coming through. But how much of that, inf- you know, does that of the news? And I like this idea that the media is not there to educate you. It's there to you know draw your eyes and just make you feel emotional. So you look at the you know read the articles. Yep. So there's a lot of reality going on around the globe and um, in the state that's, you know, that has an effect on things. But how much of that information actually help you, um, you know, make informed decisions and how much of that, you know, is actually in your control? Virtually none of it. So obviously as best as we can, can we learn to understand what's absolutely in our true control regardless of what's going on around us so that then, you know, you're able to make good decisions regardless of any market and you can make moves when it's going up, you can make moves when it's going down, you can make moves when it's going sideways, but then you understand what's totally in your control and that from here on out you're not just making whims going, oh, I'll buy that because someone told me to. It's like, does it follow my plan? You know, do do you know your numbers and does it work? And so if it does, go for it. Um, So it becomes a much better way of uh, enabling you to make good decisions for your future. Yeah, and look, there was heaps of stuff in there about kind of, yeah, knowing the numbers and making sure that you're not just kind of, yeah, running on emotion, which I think if you're trying to get into the investment space, it would be silly to be like, I like Coca-Cola, so I'm just going to buy Coca-Cola stocks or something like that when that's kind of, is that actually going to help me out in the long run? It's just, I love drinking it. Oh, I drink it all the time, so of course I'm going to buy that. Like. Mm. Is it really the best way to invest your money? So if you can remove the emotion out of the um, equation, you'll probably have a, a lot more success. The one thing I thought was crazy was the um, the demographic across it was so yeah. broad. There was 100%. you know some some young guys asking some really valid questions. There was some there was even a lady asking like is is there a, an age limit for me to become an investor? Like am I yeah. too old or am I aged out of it? It's like. No nah, love, like yeah, basically, if you want to want to get in that space, like yeah, come and have a chat with us. It was it was a really interesting. When she asked that question, I was like, "It's such a simple question," but it, yeah, I'm definitely people will be thinking. Well, John turned it on his head and said, "Oh, if I'm 16, can I?" Yeah, uh, I said to Andrew, well, "Can I get a loan?" He's like, "You know, yeah, <laughs> technically." I mean, you'd be amazing if you you know you had two hundred thousand dollars as a deposit when you were 16. That's a pretty damn good effort. But you know, the thing is, yes, influences any, baby. Any time is fine. Yeah. Stranger things have happened. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, and I, I really like the humility of a couple of the questions too, because it's that thing where um, you know everyone's at their different cycle, and sometimes putting on these events is tough because you're trying to find information that is going to be useful for someone who is a quote unquote expert and someone who's just starting up. And that was sort of like what we try to do was it, um, again 
trying to build a framework of questions to ask and things to revisit when you leave is that, you know, no matter where you are and what your journey is, revisit this now um, because that way, um, especially as the market does shift, is like, well, now's a good time to reassess your position. You know, is it, you know, time to buy, you know, accumulate? Is it time to sell? Is it time to just hold fast, you know? Mm. Um, are you maximising your returns as best you can? Are you getting all the tax advantages? You know, even when it says, we ask, well, when's a good time to buy and when's a good time to sell? You know, even on the sell front, we just said, well, if your property's a dud, get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> Quite simply, like if it's high maintenance, it's, it's a low return and there's no potential for capital growth, that's a bad investment. Um, but sometimes we have this sunken cost idea where it's like, no, nah, I've got to hold it, hold on to it and it's going gonna, it's gonna to come good, it's going to come good. I'll like, polish it into a diamond yeah, eventually. No, mate, you got it done. Cut it, cut it, cut it. You, know, you are not supposed to be investment right now. But these are good, it's, it, but, you yeah, know, got it done. Uh, That's so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so, um, you know, these are good questions for, you know, to ask. And from, you know, obviously it was a disclaimer that we're not, you know, we're not going to quote ourselves to say we have all the answers. And, you know, we make emotional decisions too, you know. Um, pen. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> Jungle Book pen. <coughs> yeah. Quick display. Oh, yeah. Did, did you oh, miss it? Sorry. No, the Jungle Book pen. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't, he even, doesn't even have, have it. it. <laughs> he doesn't know where it is. He doesn't even know. Oh, where's my $1,800 yeah. pen? Oh, I don't know. People don't like it. Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> it's too right with <laughs> It actually really is. <laughs> Whoosh. <laughs> Yeah, I like had to do it twice, but, and he still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, but sorry, mate. I'll, um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be on my game. Matt has lost No, but aside from you know, if you do like like all of us, I you know, yes, my um, <coughs> emotional buyer a, a, a pen. Um, <laughs> you know, he, it, at least if um, it's it going back to try and get that second advice from people that can help you um, help you make that decision before you make one that you otherwise might regret. You know, we do regret sometimes. We regret every house we ever sold. Regret every house we ever bought. Um, and a lot of the time, they're not strategic decisions. Um, you know, a, a lot of the time, people become experts in you know, you know, in upward markets. But most of the time, we're just lucky. Yes. You know, most of the time, we're just lucky. Um, and I, I was asking um, Aaron Murray and I went to um, the guys at the My Millennial Money. That they've yeah, I listened to that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't mind your little intro as well in your American accent, and <laughs> they uh, they hit you up with that. Yeah, that no, was a, a very interesting listen. Well, well, I asked them because obviously they are buyers agents exclusively, and I you know I asked them how do you how do you negotiate a deal, and. In his answer, his was very much his is all. He's just straight the numbers. It's like um, he's got his plan. He knows what he wants, what he wants to buy, and if it, if the number stacks up, he makes an offer. And then if the offer doesn't land, he doesn't care. Um, so it, it, because that way, then um, there's no emotion attached to it, and they'll buy wherever it makes wherever it makes sense. Um, and the handy thing for him is that well, then all the, all these properties just become a, a you know a vehicle for you know his financial future, um, and he doesn't get wrapped up in the um, you know the 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 nuance of the ma- the maintenance, the management, how that affects tenants, and all other elements that you probably should otherwise just let go of and let a team manage for you. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was a you know a good reference point for you know a professional and how they operate. And we're trying to um, not there's not enough time to talk about how you do it, uh, but we could certainly cover off all the things that what goes into how a professional a professional thinks and how they map you know their strategy out. So that was the goal. So that once they've got those base uh, references. Now we can source that information to help them, um, you know, deep dive into it further. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully you covered off um, some really good stuff, and then yeah, the conversations afterward led to some, you know, let's meet up again and, and we'll chat more about this, yeah. and we can provide you with with some of the things that we've talked about. You mentioned 
Simon from Propertyology a few times in your speech, and mm. you mm. you kind of used the um was it brown chocolate or yeah cho- milk chocolate milk yeah. chocolate that's them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so there's a, a bunch of stuff in there that um yeah was was very valuable. We'll um we'll try and put the seminar together, um and yeah create access to it to, to some property pod listeners if they're interested as well. Yeah, it's cool to have you to bring all the cameras. Yeah. I hope it comes together. Yeah. Only time will tell, my friend. Only yeah, yeah. time will tell. If I notice we're not holding any promises. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. Well, well straight up, like one of the uh, uh, um, people came up, a couple came up to me and they want to buy their first investment. And they're like, well, what, what do I buy? Because um, she, well, she asked, okay, how do I find a cash flow property right now? Um, and to our answer was, well, if you'll, but if you want it, but she wants to buy in Hobart and then not put it, you know, I said, well, you might have to put a really sizable chunk deposit down to have it, you know, be cash flow uh, positive. And um, which I suppose, as we know, it's the idea that it's putting, you don't have to keep putting money in your pocket to hold that property. It's actually, you know, paying you a dividend, you could say. Um, and the answer was, well, maybe Hobart isn't the right move for them right now. Yeah. And maybe with their particular goal, um, they need to consider looking elsewhere because Gagebrook and Bridgewater used to net us 8 to 10% easily as a gross yield, but that's even those suburbs have completely changed in Hobart because even though the you know, rents have risen in a big way... Um, so have the prices. So the you know the, you, you, if you've got 100, 200 grand to work with right now, you know four to five percent doesn't seem as exciting. Yep. I'm sure there are other parts around Australia where that can you know um, you can benefit from that. Yeah, we only mentioned on the podcast last week um, Toowoomba or yeah, oh yeah, as yep. as Simon's That's mentioned, you know look nuts. Yeah. yeah, look outside your um, local area and you can yeah definitely find some gold out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it was that, that that was I suppose part of the reason why those you know the talks are great to just get people to think about what they what they want and then now we can have those you know those um, yeah start the dialogue from there better conversations so that's obviously the you know the funnest part is the work we can do with people after these events um but i think though it's really important that you actually do host a good one um (laughs) so if 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 anyone's out there feed them first (laughs) just put the food out there the beer at the start wasn't too bad either i didn't mind that when you you come up and say you want a beer Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) I would love a beer. Yeah, but one of the things too, I know, like we, you know, we talked about is um, when to sell, Um, and the whole idea of it again is um, what are some trends and what's in your control. And I guess there was that thought. Well, now we're leading up into the warmer months. Is that actually a positive time for people to consider moving on their portfolio? Of which, you know, we had one client who, in his perspective, in his um, idea, like we just said, don't sell because there's money to be made. Sell for a good reason. And for, you know, one of our clients at Glenorchy, he's like, well, look, the value has doubled over the last eight years since I've held it. I'm moving it on. I don't need the extra maybe 10% that's there. Look, my assets doubled. Let's get rid of it. I'm going to move that into, it, um, into you know, my super and other things. So he had a really good tangible reason to move on his asset. Um, Whereas you also mentioned a story about someone that you know that has a place up on the Glebe. Yeah, so that was um, uh, a mate of mine. He, um, there was a house that sold next door to investment property. Where he lives is still in the Glebe. He built there. Um, but I think that his, the, the house next door to his had sold for like 600 or 650 at the time. He's like, sweet, let's cash out. Let's, let's do this. Um, Johnny, can we catch up? I'm like, yeah, sure. Um, what we discovered though is that um, there's that thing where uh, he was outside of the um, the six year tax exemption for a, a primary residence to investment. Uh, forgive me the exact wording on it. Um, so it meant that he could be selling it for his six twenty or six twenty five, but he was going to get absolutely slammed with tax. So in his head he was thinking, oh gosh, I'm going to have like you know four hundred three hundred thousand dollars in my bank account. 
realistically it was more closer to 150. Yep. So all of a sudden it didn't seem exciting. So we spent an hour effectively me nudging him to say, mate, maybe this is probably not a, you know, the best idea without directly saying it. And at the end he said, well, Johnny, it sounds like you, you don't want to sell my house. It's like, mate, you, you've got it completely wrong. I really want to sell your house. That's the only way I get paid. I just don't want you to sell your house. Yeah. Um, and then he understood. Um, but he, because what happened was, is he, uh, emotionally, he was like, "Sweet money, I'll just throw it into my into my main house, C- cool." But strategically, he was losing a heck of a lot of capital that he could otherwise have access to just by cashing out and getting taxed to the hilt. So he didn't have a good plan of why he was going to sell that property, and and that was because you know we've seen so many people do it now. Like I just really want to help the client, you know, to say, "Hey, mate, you do realize there are some consequences if we just cash out now." Yeah, and look, you could see other um, players out in the field that just kind of yeah get see those dollar signs and just be yeah. like, place on the glebe. Yeah, I'd love to have that kind of in my as swag as a listing. Like, yeah. let's go. <coughs> yeah. So well, yeah, and that was a couple that came up to me when um, you know we've talked about building the team a lot. Um, you know, they've had they've had three people, four different people giving him four different pieces of advice, and they just didn't know who they could count on. Um, and it, look, which is a difficult thing because everyone's right in a one way. Um, but again, that's say to them, well, look, this is why your plan's so important because then you start to match people that want to help you execute your plan. Yeah. And you're not just at the whims of, um, you know, decision paralysis where you've got 10 different directions that you could go with 10 different people saying 10 different things. Um, and, you know, they, they run the risk of just never buying an investment property. Because they're always searching for new information, too much information that the it becomes impossible for them to make a decision because they're going to be second guessing themselves all the time. Um, I guess it's that thing of cutting out the noise and yeah, trusting the numbers. Like, and if you can find someone that can give you the right advice with those numbers, you're cruising. Bang on, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it was um, so it was nice, I suppose, from our front too, is to um, well, immediately of course we just said, well, now you've got a real estate agent, starters. That was a bonus. Um, but to be able to hopefully, as we follow up with these people that. We know that we can't give them everything they need um, and to be able to put them in touch with the people that we rely on, people much smarter than us, obviously, um, to help them fill those gaps. Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's really nice of those investments where this is – it ends up being a, a very much a give-back exercise. Um, and the I know from a couple of the um, staff might say, well, oh, you know, what are we getting out of it? It's like you, maybe nothing today. You know, don't look at that we, we're, we're putting these on as if we're going to sit there and all of a sudden get 10 deals out of it. That's not how it works. But I love the idea of us being able to build that trust with people over time and that that's a constant resource for people to revisit to. I think it just forms part of 4 and 4 strategy. We've always been about educating people first. That's 100%. what this podcast is for. That's what our blog's for. This is just another alliteration of that, another version of what we do to help people understand the market better. Well, I think Joe touched onto it, like our investment specialist, where she said our, our business is quite transparent with our clients in terms of all the technology they have access to, the information, um, our communication. Um, and I think also, too, there's probably in large part our intention because um, I don't see any of us as, um, like I'll, I'll say, poorly snake oil salespeople that are just really in it for um, for a personal gain. Yep. Obviously, we have to make sure we make a living, no question about that. Um, but I really love the, I suppose the, um, the, the values that we have in this business, which is the fact that we discourage a person to sell because we'd rather miss the commission in um, in lieu of them having a better um, outcome that may not be a result of selling or buying. Yep. I mean, we had um, uh, his dad and I listed a property where the couple unfortunately were going through separation, and then they called up and said, actually, we want to stay together. Um, we're like, 
He's like, we're so sorry. We think it's like, man, what are you talking about? Like, this is the absolute best outcome because we sat with him and said, you, we, you'll sell this and both of you are going to be in worse properties. Um, you know, you're going to both hate it. So uh, we couldn't obviously encourage them to get back together. But if they sold where they are, they're both going to be in a really, really worse off situation. So it was, I guess, enough for them to just think, think about before, because we could have just got on the market, got it sold, got under contract before they even had time to really think it through. Um, but by just they rekindled their love. That's a little Cupid's arrow yeah, yeah. just shot on down. Yep. John yep. John was on the roof with his little arrow. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We do we do we do what we can. <laughs> <laughs> the love doctor. Yeah, yeah. And um, again, you know, that's uh, uh, and that's the beauty of these kind of um, you know, events because at the end of the day, like we're learning something. It forces me, me putting it together. It forces me to just spend. What I must have spent about probably 15, 20 hours um, piecing it all together. It's going to be useful. That's how long I thought it went for while you were talking. <laughs> oh, <it> <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Ouch, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we, we better go, Luke. Maybe <laughs> Look out, Chris, you're up next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're easy, much. That's it's all right. We'll, ta- we'll yeah, turn yeah. the 45 into a tight five. We yeah, got yeah, this. We got this. We got this. Um, but, but again, too, like the presentation, you know, I because it was. Um, you know, I didn't give myself enough time to rehearse at all. So there's bits where it gets trails off and lost a bit. So, you know, next time we'd be better again. We got this. We got yeah, this. Yeah. Look, if you went back and listened to the first property pod and you travelled through the adventure, we're definitely way more relaxed now. We definitely know how to present a thousand times better than we did when we were like, hello, hey. I'm, I'm John and I'm hungover. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Um, but yeah, look, it was a cracker. We didn't plan on talking the whole show about this today, but yeah, if you were at the investment seminar and um, you want to uh, send through some feedback, that'd be super. If you weren't there, um, you've got a little taster of, of kind of what was covered. Thank you to Andrew and the team at Rams for uh, collaborating with us on yeah. the investment seminar. Andrew did a really great performance as well. Performance, what's it called? A presentation. Presentation. Yeah. 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 yeah performance sounds like a song and dance, like he got up and started singing in a in a ram costume or something. <laughs> no, that would be funny. Yeah, I would I would I would actually pay to see that one. <laughs> Wouldn't be a free ticket. I'd be he put it <laughs> yeah, it's a performance right there. That's thirty bucks each. Yeah. Um, well but also too, you know, thanks to um Propertyology and my mate Brad at uh, Milkchop because obviously I was using a lot of their research to help piece it all together as well. Um so you know just want to give a shout out. Hundred percent. Um yeah watch this space. Um I don't think that'll be the last year over here of the uh, John McGregor performance art piece with Andrew Leggett. <laughs> investor investor seminars coming at you hot yeah, this yeah. summer. Every, every, tune in every Tuesday. Yeah. Ba, ba, da, ba, 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 da, ba. Oh, All right. Lost it. <laughs> <laughs> and Pat's back still really sore. So yep. thanks for your input. We'll see you all I'll try next, to week. next week. <laughs> thanks, guys. See you, Bye. You have been listening to The Property Pod, recorded and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Property Co. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek then use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this information without first seeking qualified and professional advice.